Thank you so much for coming today and worship with us. So, last Friday at our Chinese Bible study, I brought up that Christians could have different views on different topics. Unfortunately, even Christians can have serious disagreement because of these different opinions and views. The potential for conflicts and disunity is high. I'm not sure if you have noticed that people argue more these days about all sorts of things like inflation, stock market, the honey doolies, and feeling super grumpy about all sorts of things except when the Evelyns won Stanley Cup. <laughs> Go Evs, okay? It was the most nerve-breaking time of all time. Okay, so anyhow, social media like Facebook have become the platform for people to criticize one another. It was so fun, you know, years ago when people don't criticize one another on Facebook. As someone who loves reading everyone's comments but hardly express my own views on social media, unless it is about food or cats, you know, so I often find myself amazed that a lot of people are missing one another's points because more talking is done than listening. Today, I'm not going to share my political views with you, nor trying to solve the conflicts in the world. Instead, I would like to tell you the story from the Bible, how tensions were solved. So let us read from Genesis chapter 13. So Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and gold. From the Negev, he went from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and Ai, where his tent had been earlier and where he had first built an altar. There, Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot, who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, but the land could not support them while they stayed together, for their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose between Abram's herders and lots. The Canaanites and Perizzites were also living in the land at that time. So Abram said to Lot, let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Lot looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan toward Zoar was well watered, like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set up toward the east. The two men parted company. Abram lived in the land of Canaan, while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tents near Sodom. 
Now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram after Lot had parted from him, Look around from where you are to the north and to the south, to the east and west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. Go walk through the land and breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. So Abram went to live near the great trees of Marm at Hebron, where he pitched his tents. Then there he built an altar to the Lord. Let's pray. Dear Lord, please use your word today that we can understand about you more and put it less about my opinions and my words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So a little background of the story if you haven't heard about Abraham and Lot before. So this is before Abraham changed the name to Abraham. So God called Abraham to leave his country, people, and his father's household when he was 75 years old to the unknown land that God would show him. It must be very difficult to leave your country and move to a foreign country without knowing the destination when you are three quarters of a century. So it took a lot of courage and faith with all the uncertainties ahead because there was no intent internet to search the area and he and his family would move to. There was no Zillow, okay? So I'm also working as assistant property manager and I manage a lot of house, so a lot of people will, you know, we like to see some pictures on Zillow. If they don't see pictures, they'll say, hey, can you send the pictures? You know, so there was no Zillow to search the future house with the exact pictures shown on the screen. There were just so many unknown situations. So Abram left with his wife, Sarai. So it is before he ch she changed the name to Sarah. And his nephew, Lot. Lot was Abram's nephew from his brother, Haran. A lot of people perhaps will think that Lot was a lot younger than Abram, but there was a possibility that they were about the same age. A Lot was even older than Abram, since Lot's father was probably 60 years old older than Abram. So if you are interested in doing the math, okay, please read Genesis chapter 11 when you get home, okay? Tell me if I'm wrong. So regardless of the age difference, Abram was still an uncle, whether he was younger than Lot and was still respected because of his seniority status in the family. So Abram took all his possession and some other servants came with him. They arrived in Canaan, the promised land. Then Abram lived happily ever after the end. Nope, life happened, okay? There was a famine, and it was severe. He had to move his family to Egypt, then they moved back to Canaan. And Lot was coming along the entire time because they were family. Lot also had flocks, herds, and tents. Whether Lot's possessions were given by Abraham after gaining a lot of wealth in Egypt or part of the inheritance from his own father wasn't that important. 
but both of their possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together because in Abram's day, wealth was not in the form of stocks that can be seen in front of your computer screen, but carried around from place to place, taking the form of animals and people. So a lot of land was needed. Both of the herders were trying to do their jobs to make sure all the animals were well fed by finding the grazing spots and the sources of water. So they were just trying to get the best advantage, advantages for the flocks and herds of their masters. And then it became a problem and thus the quarreling arose. So I believe the situation between the herders made both Abraham and Lot feel so uncomfortable. When was the last time you feel uncomfortable? However, it needed to be solved. When a tension or conflict arose between you and your loved ones and friends, your co-workers or your brothers and sisters in Christ, how do you handle it? Communication can be very difficult because of differences in opinion, experience, and sheer lack of comfort in dealing with tension-filled situations. And this is my personal observation and experience among the Chinese Christians. So when conflicts happens, we don't deal with it immediately. We pretend nothing happened. We try to save each other's face. And then down the road, everything will blow up because no issues were at address. And then we act all appalled because we don't even know where to start and don't even know what the real problems are because not enough communication ever took place. Perhaps I should not generalize one culture because I have also worked with American churches. Some people feel extremely uneasy dealing with conflict and therefore hardly want to bring up problems to discuss. And I asked myself, is it the Christian thing that everyone is trying to be nice to one another? You know, I also got to work with people from probably 20 different cultures at the one nonprofit. And that it made my life more interesting because I had to navigate different ways dealing with tensions and conflicts in the office by making sure things were handled professionally, graciously, gender and culturally appropriate. And then the most interesting part, after I got married, oh boy, I need another level of skill to deal with that Iowan man. Okay, so the Iowan is different than Colorado. Okay. I do not want to say for a person who is perhaps too straightforward and direct, which is actually not really the Indonesian way. So I'm a very straightforward person, but it's not the Indonesian way. So pretending nothing happened is very exhausting because I remember when I was still a teenager, our pastor taught us that. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and there remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go and be reconciled to them and then come and offer your gift. So I took this teaching very, very seriously. And one time when I had conflict with my best friend in high school, and her name is Rosalind. I refused to enter the service and I told her, we got to talk. 
and pray for one another before we go to the service. I was in high school. But things are more different when you become an adult because we just don't go to tell the person we got to talk before we go to the service because we try to save each other's face. Therefore, I really like Abram's approach. He went directly to the Lord with the purpose of solving the problem and the, and the conflict that was going on between them and the herders. Abram proposed for the quarreling to stop because they were close relatives. And you and I are close relatives by the blood of Jesus. We are all families. You know, even though when you look around you, we are all different, okay? But we are all family. And Abraham initiated the conversation. And it must be difficult for him because someone needs to initiate the first approach. If someone approaches you and says, we've got a problem, my suggestion is don't bring it up before you go to bed. Don't write any email before you go to bed because that's the most emotional time. And don't bring it up to your husband. We've got a problem right before you go to bed. I have to keep reminding myself. Instead, find a time and space that both parties are ready to listen and stop and pray, even if you cannot really see eye to eye in the matter. Abraham was being direct and clear by pinpointing the problem. He also brought up a solution. The solution was a separation. So I would like to emphasize that not all the solution for every problem and conflict should be separation. A separation was necessary in the narrative of Abraham and Lot, not because they couldn't work it out, but because the problem was they needed more land for their animals and servants. So they didn't, so they didn't need to cram in all a limited space since there was more land out there. I found it interesting that in the social media world, unfriending a friend on your Facebook has become the norm if you realize your so-called Facebook friends have different views than you, yours. I think it is probably an easy way out because no explanation is needed and people can just move on and not be bothered by reading the different points of views that can boil their blood, especially during the election. So after all, there was not a lot of effort being put into the Facebook friendship because it started with a click and it could just end in a click. We live in an instant world. Everything comes and goes instantly, like the snap of your fingers. Then it is the principle of Snapchat. To live in the moment so that the pictures and messages that you send out are usually available for a short time before they become inaccessible to the recipients. In other words, commitment to a relationship and friendship on social media aren't so valued these days and they are the reflection of what is going on in our society, which is the lack of commitment. And Abraham, on the other hand, even though he was the one who brought up a separation as the solution, but he valued his relationship with Lot more than anything else. 
he said to Lot, Is not the whole land before you? You can choose first. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. What does it mean? It means, Lord, I love you a lot. I value our relationship. And I want what is the best for you. So when we are facing a disagreement or conflicts, what do you value more? Do you value to fix the problem itself more or the person in front of you more? Sometimes it is easy to fix a visible problem, but the invisible problems is like an iceberg mostly submerged that is too strong and unbreakable that needs more time and grace to be addressed. Sometimes it just takes so many talks, not only just meeting. You know. For Abraham, he valued lot more than the land. He was willing to give up right, his right to choose first. Abraham could easily use his seniority, even if, you know, he was younger than Lot, but he was still the uncle. So he could just like, inform Lot his decision without giving Lot any opportunity to express his own thoughts. So when Abraham said to Lot, if you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. It means he let go of his own rights and benefits. Let go of his opinion. Let go of everything. Think of what the most beneficial thing for the person in front of you is. If you are doing so, it can also mean losing some benefits that you, you can gain. Okay? And it is quite difficult, especially for a very opinionated person like me. You know, I have a lot of opinions about everything, you know. It is a lifelong journey to learn to surrender ourselves. And I have to keep reminding myself that as well. As I don't believe that everything happens for a reason, but I believe there is a reason behind every decision. When there is a misunderstanding, different opinions, conflict, tension, Open your heart and ears to listen to the other side of the stories first before hastily making your conclusions. Perhaps it can mend some broken relationship or open the door to healthier and more effective conversation. Listen to the people who are pro-life and listen to the people who are pro-choice. You know, listen to one another, why? You know, why they, they choose to be pro-life or pro-choice. At the end of the day, we cannot really change others' opinion, but what we can do is to be there for your brothers and sisters and all the non-believers anytime they need you, regardless of their political views and preferences. Because I always believe only God can change people, not you and me. We cannot change anyone, you know. However, God can change people through you and me by letting God be God, okay. What does it mean? So after Abram asked Lot to choose the land, he looked around and saw that the whole plain of the Jordan toward Zohar was well watered. It's just like, this is the perfect land. 
So he chose the best land. I think if, you know, I'm not sure if the map is working because we tried to put it up. It was not working earlier. So, so it is just like pretty much, you know, very southeast of the, of the land. And then he chose to live in Zoar. Lot trusted his judgment, guided by his eyes. He didn't choose the portion of the promised land, okay? The promised land was pretty big. Instead, he chose the third area, not in the land of Canaan, but the well-watered plain of the Jordan River in Zoar. So Lot, so it is just like, you know, very uh, south on the very right from here and Zoar, under that sea, okay? So the two men parted company, okay? And he trusted his own judgment. He removed himself from the promised land. He removed himself from Abram. So this is what I have learned as evangelists for more than 20 years. When I'm sharing gospel to non-believers, I cannot make decision for other people, you know. Some of them have been coming to Bible study for five years and they haven't received the Lord. I'm just like, okay, when are they going to receive the Lord, you know? I cannot just like force them, hey, this is about the time, you know, <laughs> need to move on to the next person. You know, probably it will take 10 years or 20 years for some people. Because everyone can make their own decision to choose a prosperous life like the prosperous city in Sodom or Gomorrah, or to choose righteousness. A lot of people will choose the thing that they can see instead of the thing that they cannot see. It is easier to choose something that can gratify their needs immediately instead of choosing the eternity that cannot be seen. I'm not sure if Lot really understood that when he chose to go outside the land of Canaan toward the east, he was moving away from God because all the movement towards the east in the book of Genesis were considered moving away from God. So the Cain story, the Tower of, uh, the Babel, the Tower of, the Tower of Babel, you know, is all moving toward the east. Some commentators would describe Lot as greedy, ungrateful, and opportunistic. I consider Lot as an ordinary and realistic person. You know, he's just like a guy like us. Moving to the east and being attracted by the prosperous land of Sodom and Gomorrah didn't make him a less righteous person because he still believed in God. Okay? I don't like it when they portray Lot as a bad person. However, he probably didn't realize that he had put himself into the temptation by living among the wicked. When we are making an important decision in our life or dealing with conflicts, something to consider and to ask ourselves, where is God in this decision and in this conflict? What do we see? Do we see what God sees or do we see what we like to see? Whenever I'm having a problem with people and getting very frustrated, I always try to pray first. Occasionally, I will complain to my husband or some trusted friends. 
I would ask God to open my eyes, ears, and heart to see the needs of the person in front of me instead of making it all about my needs. So when I let God in my life, I can feel it and I have more compassion toward others instead of using my own standards because I'm an achiever, high standard. My harmony is the lowest, you know, gift in my life. So I don't care, you know, what people think. Get it done, okay? I learned very, very hard, not just achieve, achieve, to think about the harmony part as well. Likewise, when I'm making big plans and all the backup plans in my life, I always tell God, God, these are my plans. What do you think? Do you like these plans? You know, one plans with 10 backup plans, okay? If you don't like the plans, please let me know and give me the ability to discern that all the open doors are not necessary from you because it can be easily mistaken that open door means it's from God. Nevertheless, wherever you go, either to the left or to the right, if you are letting God get involved in your life, even though the decision isn't the best decision according to the standard of the world, I would encourage you to keep being faithful with what you are doing. Keep God first in your life just like Abraham. He saw the land that God had promised to give him and his offspring. Even though he didn't own all the promised land nor see his offspring like the dust of the earth when he died, but he believed in God's promise because Abraham was being sure of what he hoped for and certain what he didn't see. So it just remind me of you know, some of my decision for my career. More than five years ago, you know, I decided to be office coordinator at Celebration Church. So it's just like associate pastor and then become office coordinator. There's nothing wrong with office coordinator job because without office coordinator, without Kim in this church, we are done, okay? So, so you know, Career-wise, probably is kind of like moving backward or money-wise is also moving backward. But I prayed about that decision and I think it was the best decision in my life to be at that church, to be a healthier person, to learn from everyone. And because of that, you know, five years, I think I'm, I'm doing a better job here, okay? Without that experience, I'm not going to do a better job here. So Abraham led God to be his Lord of life, and he believed in God, and it was credited to him as righteousness. The promised land that Abraham saw wasn't as prosperous as Sodom and Gomorrah, but he believed God was with him, and that was more important to him than to own a land. What are the things that are so difficult for you to let go and let God? Is it your health, your future, your marriage, your opinions, your political view, your addiction, your inability to love, or your dreams? If somebody asked me, if I can go back to 20 years ago, will I still want to be a pastor? The answer is yes. Because following God is the best thing of my life. So I'm praying that you will have the eyes of Abraham who saw God's presence in his life 
and not merely the land in front of him. Just don't see the money, don't see the land, you know, don't see the benefits. You know, it is difficult, especially during this inflation. You know, it is so difficult not to see all the benefits in front of us. I'm praying that God shows you the needs of others first before your needs. I'm praying that you will be willing to let go of yourself and to let God to lead your life. I'm also praying that Connection Church will set the examples to all the believers who come here to be the church that puts God's first and other first without compromising the words of God. So may God accompany you in whatever journey you are in right now. Let us pray.